to become who we want to be as individuals. And at the end of the day, that's going to help us be a successful offense. And a man, one-on-one coverage because the safety rolls to Jefferson's side. Jordan Love hit me up the night of the draft, you know, just congratulating me, letting me know it was time to work. Um, A.J. Dillon was open arms. Mott Rock caught a ball with his thighs. Nah, talk about it was more of with his ass. If he throws a good ball, this is a running, catching touchdown, untouched. Right. Like, if KP does like these flips after every win, and I'm like just waiting for him to do his flip. You know that we still love each other? That's what football brings us. Across the safety's face. You can tune in anywhere that you guys follow us on social media. Welcome to the Practice Squad Pod. My name is John. I'm joined by my co-host, Mark. And um, I'm pissed as a Lions fan. I'm just, I'm just not happy. Just very angry um, that I hold about that game. Yeah, our our entire um, sideline essentially looked like a medical ward at the end of that game. So, like insult to injury. Not only did we play a shitty game and lose, but also like a lot of good players are now on IR. Um, that that game just just ripped my heart out, frankly. Um, and look, I'm not like go into all these dark places that some other Lions fans are saying like we're done for the year or anything like that. I think that's a major overreaction. Um, but shit, man, Falcons are not a bad team. Um, so, you know, we better, we better suit up for this week. That's all I got to say. So sorry to start the episode on a negative note, but I just had to get that off my chest. Well, there's not much positive uh, in this episode because every team seemed to have injury issues. And no kidding. We'll, we'll get into that for sure. Um, so that sucks. Uh, a lot of teams' picks, playoff our, hopes are, are almost dead, probably. Well, I wouldn't <laughs> say that. I wouldn't say that. That's, 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 that's a lot a of 0 and 2 teams. A lot of 0 2 teams. You're like, I think you're 0 3 is dangerous. Two and a half um, chance if you're 0 and 3 to make our play. picks are terrible. We're bad week. at picking things. We can't pick spreads to save our lives, I guess. So my, my primetime picks are okay. They're 4 and 2. Um, I was four and zero, so I'm on a two game losing streak on that. Other than that, uh, a lot of positive things, you know. Okay, well let's let's get into this Lions game first, okay? Because there's a lot of narratives that come out, and I think when you when you lose a game that you expect to win, it happens. Um, things talking shit about Aaron Glenn, clock management, you know, uh, Gibbs share of the carries, which I think is a silly one. Um. Uh, to me, this is a really easy one. Everything else about that game was relatively fixable or pretty minor. The thing that wasn't is giving the other team 14 points on offense, right? Fumbling in, in on what were they at their own 20? I mean, it was it was right at kickoff. So somewhere around there, their own 20, their own 25. And then obviously a pick six. You give a team like the Seahawks, who are a pretty well-coached, fundamentally sound team, 14 points. You, you're losing that game. The fact that we've tied it and went into overtime is honestly incredible considering that. Um, and honestly, a testament to how good a, of a team the, the Lions probably are is the fact that they were able to come back and tie that up. But we shouldn't have been in that situation in the first place. And I'm sorry, it's the NFL, 14 points based off of turnovers. And that turnover differential being that big, you're going to lose that game every, just about every time, right? So Yeah. Um, crazy thing is, too, John, with the fumble – and with the pick six, still a very, very winnable game. I, I want to point out, I'm not so focused on, obviously, turning the ball over is probably the quickest way to lose a, a football game. Uh, but I'm going to focus on some of the other problems because I think you nailed it on the head with those. 
Uh, we have some personnel issues in the secondary, and this is pre injuries to the guys that we, that we had out there on Sunday, like going into the game Sunday, um, 12 catches for 180 yards and three scores were on Jerry Jacobs in that game. Yeah. So clearly game plan, whether it was Lockett, DK Metcalf, Jackson Smith and Jigba, a tight end, a running back out, whoever he was responsible for, they were targeting him. Okay. So yeah. they were going at him. Um, and then one of my concerns, uh, the linebacker athleticism of the Detroit Lions, I, I mostly would talk about Jack Campbell, but Anzalone has issues in coverage, has had issues in coverage. Uh, Rodrigo has not been the same as he was last year. He's been much more disappointing in coverage. But here's just a stat about the linebackers and just a good idea. Honestly, we got outcoached is the summary here. But here's a stat. Uh, Anzalone, Derek Barnes, Malcolm Rodriguez, Jack Campbell, Charles Harris, and James Houston in coverage on Sunday, 14 targets their way, 14 completions, 169 yards. Yeah. So between so that and Jerry Jacobs, I mean, I mean that's that's you know 270 yards between really four guys missing their assignments there. Um, the game plan is clear um, from Seattle, and and it was to u- utilize the tight ends to attack linebackers, use, utilize the running backs to to attack the linebackers, and then if it was anything out wide, it was attack Jerry Jacobs. That's exactly what they did, and they had their way with us. Um, the other thing I want to get into about the game is again, aside from the turnovers, the decision-making of Dan Campbell. And I will say this, and I said it last year, and I'm one of the few Lions people that are still hesitant about totally being bought into Dan Campbell. I like Dan Campbell. You did say this in the offseason in your defense. I I like Dan Campbell a lot. I think he's one of the best culture guys there is in the league. Um, He will get any team to play for him, and they will compete and be in almost every game. Uh, And they'll win a lot of games against teams that are better than us because of that. The problem is... The risks that he takes in this aggressive sack up, go for it on fourth down, trick plays, onside kicks that he does, it will win you games, no doubt about it. But it will also, at about the same at the same rate, lose you games. And in this game, the Lions are the better team at home with a crazy crowd. You're one and zero. The the Seahawks can't stop your run game. They're coming off of a terrible loss against the Rams, and you hand them opportunities by being too aggressive. You have a lead, you're not crossed midfield yet, and you go for it on a long fourth and three. You have a bad play call. Listen, I love Ben Johnson's play calling almost always, but that was a bad play call, but it should have never even been in his hands to call a play. Punt the ball, let your defense do what it needs to do, pin them deep, right? You have a lead. Um, The clock management at the end of the the, uh, regular fourth quarter, unbelievably horrible. You get the ball near midfield, you have all your timeouts left in your pocket. You have Jared Goff, who has been, I mean, he was chasing Aaron Rodgers for the record for most uh, passes thrown without interception. Oh, and, and he and he yeah. had a great game. He had a great game. Too, you so. have, I mean, you have, you're moving the ball in a play action. You have guys like Amon Ra and Reynolds having a good game. You have yeah. Jameer Gibbs on the field. Be aggressive and go try to end the game. His, his mentality and his thought of, well, we don't want to give him any, we don't want to give him the ball back with any time. How about score and and make your make Seattle have to drive down and score and win it themselves, right? right? Because you're gonna you're gonna put the you're gonna rely on a coin. Which, toss. by the way, we did, we did that to KC last week and that worked out okay. So I think we could do that against the Seahawks in, in crunch time. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna try I'm gonna try to respond to each of those points um, with you know my take on it or maybe a little bit more optimistic take in order. So Jerry Jacobs burnt toast that game. In Jerry Jacobs' defense, that is one of the hardest receiving core trios, I would say, to cover. I'd say unless you had shut down corners on all three guys, that's going to be difficult. 
The problem with Jerry Jacobs is that he is what we know he is, which is a very middle of the road cornerback. He's an undrafted free agent that Holmes got that just happened to be playing way above that pay grade. Um, and Mosley's still hurt. And if Mosley wasn't hurt, he would be starting in front of Jerry Jacobs. So I hear you on that 100%. Um, and look, I, I partially think that's Glenn seems to not be able to figure the Seahawks out. He is totally unable to adjust his scheme and his guys in order to handle the Seahawks offense for whatever reason. He has let up over 380 yards per game against the Seahawks. And I think the points were, you know, 52, 40 something and, and 37 respectively. You're not going to win games if, if that's what happens with your defensive scheme. Every time you play this team, they seem to be his kryptonite. Um, I mean, he had, you know, Jack Campbell trying to edge rush. He had Aiden Hutchinson dropping in a coverage, a bunch of wacky stuff that just really didn't work out. You have a good defense, play to everybody's strengths, bend, don't break, right? I mean, and to some degree, maybe they they bent too much because they did they never let up the big play, but they let up all these giant chunk yardages to get first down. So that's that's my first take on that. Um, I agree with you. Jerry Jacobs was the weak link there, but that that is an open secret. We already kind of knew that he, if if we were fully healthy, he wouldn't be starting. Um, as far as clock management goes, I, I understand Campbell's idea of trying to run the clock out. But before that, your priority 100% should be score a freaking touchdown to win the game. Because like you said, uh, trying to not leave them with any time to go down and score versus leaving it to a coin toss, you're putting the team in the exact same situation, except uh, in the other situation, your offense doesn't even get a chance, right? Your offense had a chance there. They're good as shit. Score a freaking touchdown. Yeah, now. Clearly he so. didn't trust that the defense would get a stop, but so you're going to just rely. I mean, everyone knew if the Lions got the ball first, we're probably going to win. And if Seattle got the ball first, they're probably going to win. So, so why are you going to leave it? Toss. You know, yeah. like why leave it to a coin toss? If you don't trust your defense, go, go force the Seattle score in less time. Yeah. And, and maybe still win in regulation. Yeah. So again, these are frustrating things at the same time, for whatever reason, we can't seem to figure out the Seahawks and this was the closest we've gone with them. It ended up being a damn good game, but unfortunately a very physical game. Uh, we lost James Houston. He's on IR. He's probably going to be out six to eight weeks. We lost this one hurts a lot. CJ Gardner Johnson, um, who was one of my favorite free agency pickups of uh, the Lions made this past season. I obviously got his Jersey. Um, hopefully they end up extending him or something like that. So that, that Jersey isn't outdated after one year. Um, but he's gone potentially the entire season with a, with a peck tear. Um, if the lines are in the playoff hunt, I think he'll be back, um, you know, sooner than that. Um, peck tear seems to be more of like a pain related thing than it is like a, a keep you off the field because of the fact that, you know, like it's not fully healed kind of thing. Um, and CJ's a, a tough MF. I think he tore his pack in the in the first quarter and played the rest of the game with it. Um, we lost David Montgomery for probably this week, uh, maybe next week, but he's he's a little bit more positive. Uh, Mon Ra had to come off the field at some point. And then before the game, uh, you know, Josh Paschal had a I think it reaggravated his knee, and same thing with Mosley. And so our defensive side is looking not as deep as it was going into the season. Um, you know, physical games like that just suck um, in week two, right? It's, it sets you up like, you know, the Falcons know how to run the ball and they are a physical, just beat the shit out of you in order to win the game kind of team. And so, you know, to do that all over again, after just playing the Seahawks, which have a pretty similar offensive philosophy, 
um, you know, it's, it puts them in a tough situation. So John, I have, I have one other concern about the lines too, as before we move forward, um, sure. pass rush was non-existent in this game and that's against Seattle yeah. with a, a and, fully and we, shitty offensive line, fully shitty <laughs> offensive line. And they were missing, they were missing both um, their starting their starters as well. Yeah. So my, my concern with that is if you're going to, if you're going to combine the stats that I just read to you about linebackers and coverage and Jerry Jacobs in coverage. And now obviously with the injuries, John just talked about, you're now weaker at defensive line. You're weaker in the secondary. Um, and even with all of those guys, you didn't get pressure on one of the worst pass pro teams in the league. And that's very, very concerning to me. Um, yeah. And you can talk about Aaron Glenn in a positive way. All you want. He's done a really good job turning around our defense. Uh, but there is, and it's not just against Seattle. We've seen, certain matchups he just struggles to dial up any kind of defensive scheme that is a favorable situation for our personnel and failure and to adjust i think that's failure to adjust thing. man i mean yeah. seattle did last year they beat us uh, a little bit differently just running the ball even on third and long gashing us this year it was it just was the same stuff it was dropout race routes from dk and Lockett. it was it was crossing routes and delayed you know chipping and then delayed flats from uh their tight ends and geno smith just picked us apart and we did not make it complicated or tough on him we didn't we didn't really blitz him with any sort of success if you if you're not going to cover well on the back end lowest have to try to league, help them actually. out yeah you have to try to help them out up front yeah. um defense works together like that and he just for whatever reason in that game. And we've seen him in other games in his career at, with Detroit as the D coordinator, he just seems to struggle at times. And there's times where it's like, Hey, you're doing a good job. We're fine. And there's been times where it's really, really bad. And this yeah. was one of those really, really bad performances, not only from our defense as a whole, but our defensive coordinator did not handle that game. Well, at yeah. all. Aline McNeil has been super underwhelming. Unfortunately, I was expecting him to kind of break out the season. Uh, he's currently recorded with having one pressure on the season. And then Aiden Hutchinson actually is tied for uh, the most pressures in the league currently. But as we've been saying as Lions fans, that doesn't mean shit if you don't have help on the other side of it because they can just scheme around making sure that you're doubled or whatever. Yeah. And that's exactly it. Hutchinson can't get home and make those sacks, and that's that's going to be a problem. I think that's so. a skewed stat too because a lot of times, and this infuriates me with him, uh, he'll be responsible, John, for keeping contain as he pass rushes, and it's a common scheme for defenses. Sometimes you'll stun him inside and you'll arc a linebacker, somebody else outside of him. But sure. most of the time when he pass rushes, his responsibility is edge, right? Mm -hmm. And he dips inside and thinks that he's going to be able to get back outside and gives up edge more often than most defensive ends that I've seen. And, and those count as pressures because he's making him scramble. Right. Um, but it doesn't do you any favors if you're not doing your job Right. pressuring the quarterback and then he escapes and you ex extends the play. And that's the hardest thing for a defense back ever is when a quarterback gets out of the pocket. So you, the last play of the game, obviously lions fans are going to bitch about and talk about for God knows how long he was held. There's no doubt about it. Um, yeah, on that play, I'm not, I'm not you he know. dips inside right. and allows and himself up. to be held. Just <laughs> right. do your job and stay outside and you don't get held because you, you had outside leverage on the guy. You buried yourself. He grabbed you, but you let him do that. And yeah, so, again, even if he didn't get held, I think Gina was probably still going to get outside of him and still have a chance to make that throw. Also on that play, and this will be the final thing I'll say, don't know what Brian Branch was doing. He was in perfect position, and as the scramble starts to happen, he picks his eyes off of Lockett in man-to-man -man defense, by the way, and looks at Geno Smith for God knows whatever reason, has his eyes stuck on the quarterback, 
And by the time he gets his eyes back on Lockett, he's completely lost him, and it's an easy catch and dive to the pylon for a score. Inexcusable in that situation. Just do your job and not worry about what other people's jobs are on the defense, and that's not a touchdown. And we might you know, hold him to a field goal there and and survive and go down and score and, and win the game still with all of these other things. I mean, we almost won the game. That's the one positive thing about this game. We were in a game and almost won a game that went to overtime after gifting all them of these things points. that we just said. <laughs> 14 points on turnovers. Couldn't handle the clock and regulation. Uh, terrible, terrible in coverage with our linebackers. Right. Jerry Jacobs gave up 160 yards by himself. Uh, we had every single guy, it seemed like, at some point going to the sidelines injured on offense and defense. And we still almost beat a good Seattle Seahawks team. Yeah. I mean, that's a positive, but there's a lot of things that have to get better for them to be anywhere near where Detroit fans hope they'll be this year. And it has to yeah. happen now. And hey, man, that's what you're hoping they do, right? They reset, recalibrate, come to Atlanta ready to play ball. And, and look, man, uh, so your, your hearing gets damaged at around like 90 to 100 decibels. Ford Field uh, peaked at 127 decibels during that yeah. game. So fact, talk about I'll be at the game uh, October eighth. All right, so you can you can tell me firsthand if, if Ford Field legitimately is the loudest you've ever heard it because uh, I've been in some loud stadiums. I've played in some loud stadiums. I went to games in some loud stadiums, and yeah. I'm excited to see. Hopefully, we keep winning so that the the buzz around Detroit continues. Yeah. Um, so um, I think they play. I think they play the Panthers that week. Well, but it should be a. a Pretty winnable game last I checked uh, based off of the way the Panthers. You never know in this league, dude. You never know in this league. All right. So hopping into our first kind of discussion topic of the week. And I need to zoom in. There we go. Um, So is Monday Night Football cursed? Past four Monday Night Football games. We have uh, Tyler tearing his ACL. DeMar Hamlin dying, basically. Um, Aaron Rodgers tearing his Achilles. And Nick Chubb. That was one of the nastiest still shots I have ever seen of an injury in my life. Like, yeah, that was, uh, that was like, uh, obviously, like, it's it's not a compound where the bone's sticking out of the skin or whatever, but, like, that was leg going straight up and rest of body going the absolute opposite direction that it's supposed to be. Uh, yeah, it wasn't good. It was honestly no. kind of a dirty hit. It was a really... Really yeah, low I, hit. Um, I don't want to to blow that super out of proportion because I just I just think the guys are, are playing football. Um, at the end of the day, like, it, it, but the, yeah, it the wasn't result intentional. That, or anything yeah, like the that. result of that was highly unfortunate. Um, and look, my my takeaway from this honestly is Nick Chubb is lucky if this is a se- only a season ending injury. Um, he's, which people don't realize. I mean, he's a, actually a little bit older than most most uh, running backs in the league, and Throughout his NFL career, he was, you know, not super prone to getting injured either. He was, I said this when we were doing our fantasy football, one reason that I like drafting him so high is he never seems to be one of those backs that has major injury issues. Well, at his age and at his position to tear three of the four ligaments in your knee, it's, man, that is going to be He had brutal. a similar injury at uh, in college as well, John. He I did, same leg. Noting and same so. leg. So. And he recovered from that one. And, you know, medicine, especially with, with knee, has gotten increasingly better, especially for athletes. It seems like each year it gets better and better. The recovery time, the recovery percentage gets better and better. So you're obviously hopeful hopeful for a guy like this. Um, having strong legs around those ligaments, uh, I don't think it gets much stronger than Nick Chubb with how strong his <laughs> right. legs are, will help. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate and there's definitely, definitely questions about Monday night football. I think it's also just kind of, uh, the fact that everyone's watching it and it's, and it's prime time on Monday night. These injuries happen every week, you know, like gruesome right. injuries happen. And if it's at a Sunday at one o'clock, it might not be only a fraction on of Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, and, I, you, I mean, man. you might see it, but it's never going to be as trending as an, uh, an event like this. Um, but I, I one one hot topic about these injuries that I, just show the injury. I mean, just we're going to see it anyway. Someone's going to post it. Just show it and just warn viewers that if you don't want to see it, close your eyes or look away. Because people were like, I mean, there's times where, I mean, they showed DeMar Hamlin dying like 40,000 times on Monday Night Football. Last oh, my year. God, dude. They they kept the camera on that like huddle of people. Yes. Like, so it's like, like yeah. It is like, just show us people want to know people want to see what happened. People are concerned and just, you know, that is kind not... of a hot take. That's, that's interesting. Show what, show the world and tell, and if you don't want to see it, don't just show it without saying you're going to show it, right. Show it and warn people before you. Cause a lot of people definitely want to see it. Um, whether because they're a sick puppy and it, and it interests them like seeing crazy things like that happen to the human body, or just because they're genuinely concerned and want to know what happened and want to see how bad it really is and be like, you know, cause you were, we were talking about it. I didn't know how I thought, I thought it was a bone issue. Right. Cause normally when it's that gross and people are, it's, it's a snap bone, bones yeah. out of the leg. And so, so Mark and I, I, I ended up deleting a tweet cause he was like, he, he tweeted like, uh, you know, hope, hope Nick Chubb, like, you know, gets better soon or whatever. And I, I texted in our group chat. I'm like, Mark, Nick Chubb is not getting better soon. Have you no. seen this picture? And he was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So but again, I, like, I, I knew, didn't know how no, bad it was. That's a great point. Had you had not seen that picture, right? You're like, oh, like, you know, it might be an ankle, right? Or yeah, And I think like, most you know. people, like, I think most people do want to see it. Like I, yeah. I think, and well, it's like I, a weird thing with humanity where like when crazy things happen, crazy injuries happen. Like, I mean, you can think back to Paul George, Kevin Ware, some of these crazy injuries we've seen in basketball and stuff like people mm -hmm. want to see them. I mean, look how many people, look how many views there are on YouTube. Like these right. people watch this stuff. It's weird. Um, yeah. but for some reason, I mean, I just don't want us to just block out you know, what are we trying yeah, I mean, it, it happened. It. And like you said, like, I mean, you know, anybody looking at that, picture yeah, we're all watching the game for, you know for two seconds they'll know, they'll instantly know okay nick chubb is out for the season and it's not again it's not like it's like is it going to ruin someone's life seeing an injury like right you know people have seen worse so let's let's just call it what it is football's a violent game and part of that is injuries that are gruesome and you wouldn't be watching it if you didn't expect at some point to see those happen so right. let's pre let's present the game as it is it happened show it move forward with it. Um, I, I mean, at least show it one time. That's my, my final take, at least show it one time and warn, warn the audience before you show them. Right. Um, next topic of conversation. If Brandon Staley loses to the Vikings this week, will there be a different coach at it in LA for the chargers by week four? Like, no. Do you think he's, I think he's in the hot seat. You don't he's think in the hot they, seat. You don't think they go 0-3, which, again, statistically, that gives them a under 2% chance of making the playoffs this season. You don't think they'll fire him? I do not. Um, I do not. I think that they kept him around. It's his, it's his first year with Kellen Moore calling the plays. Uh, obviously, there's some growing pains going on. They've been in – listen, they've been in both games. It's not like they got blown out. Um, that Miami game was incredible offensive performance. They just didn't do great on defense. I don't think they fire him after three games. Um 
And I also, you know, 0-3, but the Chargers are a team that everyone knows has the pieces to win and to get on a hot streak. So I don't think that they jump very ship that early. team in general, yeah. too. That is that is very much kind of how the Chargers operate. I just think clearly he he's feeling the – I don't know if you he's caught on the hot that. Seat. Well, right, and clearly he feels that pressure because I don't know if you caught that clip um, of him at the press conference after the game. Like he was – he's usually pretty calm, cool, collected, optimistic. He was like snapping at the reporters. Like he did not look good. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's just, it's crazy. And it, this has been the story of the chargers, man, is that roster's loaded. I would even go as far to say as the coordinators are doing their jobs. And for whatever reason, um, chargers can't win games and, uh, you know, they've scored what upwards of 50 points in the last two games combined. And they still just can't seem to, to make it happen to actually win the freaking game, which is what matters at the end of the day more than anything else. So, um, yeah, pretty, pretty crazy situation, um, with that, because I do think frankly, he won't be here mid season if they, you know, are statistically out of playoff contention. I think they'll, they'll for sure fire him by week seven or eight. If, if this keeps up where, you know, they're two and six or two and seven or something like that. So, um, which again, I think, I think Mark and I both like watching the chargers. We like Justin Herbert. We like that team. So it's a bummer, but shit, man, here they're falling far below expectations at this point. Um, and with that being said, too, I mean, are 100 points going to get scored in that that Vikings Chargers matchup? It's going to be a shootout, probably. Most likely. Um, Want to hop quickly, too, just into roster moves that are going on so that everybody's kind of updated there. Um, so, obviously, Patrick Mahomes is, once again, the highest-paid quarterback in the league after this. Pretty much what they did was just, you know, he's still on that decade contract. They moved money from later in the years into these earlier years, and then we'll probably fully renegotiate the contract over again uh, four years from now. Nick Chubb season-ending injury. Uh, Saquon Barkley uh, likely to mix, miss uh, three to four weeks with a broken ankle. Um, already talked about the Lions IR placements. Uh Fitzpatrick um, has a chest injury. It doesn't sound serious as of right now. Um, Shaq Thompson of the Panthers, who's one of their star linebackers, uh, serious uh, ankle injury. They don't know how long he's going to be out for. Buda Baker on IR. Uh, Deontay Johnson on IR. Um, Cam Akers probably going to get traded, which is surprising. He just seems to not be able to mesh in LA for whatever reason. I don't think he's necessarily a bad running back, but something just isn't fitting there. Um, and then Vikings sign a, a veteran offensive lineman. I believe he's he's previously with uh, Denver. Um, has a lot of starts under his belt. So it's kind of all the main roster moves that have that have taken place um, over the past week. I think Vikings trying to fortify their offensive line is a is something that kind of needs to happen. Um, and their running game. I mean, you know. It's not consistent. Yeah, I was about to say. I don't know how to put it nicely. Uh, where art? Where art thou? Minnesota's running game. No one knows. It's gone. <laughs> Disappeared. Delvin Cook took it with him to the to the Jets. Yeah, no kidding. Um, all right, that's pretty much all I had as far as like news updates and things like that. If you kind of want to like just start, you know, going through this past week's games one by one, and I think some of those other conversation <laughs> topics that we have will kind of naturally pop up as we go through. Yeah, this. can I talk about Colorado really quick? Because yes, that was a wild, wild game. Wild game. I did <laughs> hop on the money line 
Colorado State early in the game. Um, got him at like plus 800 odds. So I was very disappointed to see Colorado somehow win that game. Um, Colorado State outcoached him and outplayed him for, I'd say, 98% of the game. And they just had costly turnovers at horrible times in the game. Um, but, I mean, no adjustments made from Colorado's defense. Same crossing routes over and over again. That cheap, The cheap shot on Travis Hunter that sent him out, uh, definitely a cheap shot. The kids, the kid who hit him is getting death threats. John, I don't know if you saw that. It's yeah, well, pr- Prime in the press conference was like, hey, we forgive him as a team. Travis forgives him. I forgive yeah. him. Like, you should not be threatening this kid's life. Right. Like, that's. I mean, here's the thing, dude. I I mean, I know Deion Sanders is a superstar, um, but holy shit, dude. Like, they're an average college football team that hasn't played anybody really yet. And they did you see the star power that they had at that game? You dude, had dude, he he's got a hype train. The Rock, Lil yeah. Wayne, yeah, Kawhi Leonard, Kyle Lowry, Chauncey Billups. Um, he had offset. Like, I don't even know. I mean, I don't know. I don't get it. Like they're like, they're 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 okay. Deion Sanders, he's just he's driving I just, the hype. I know I guess underestimated what he brings in terms of just like attention but holy shit man i mean and the fact that the whole east coast is watching in the whole midwest is watching this game. i was up to like what two, two in the morning yeah two, two in, in the morning, morning and i just i'm like dude i'm so tired i want to go to bed but i can't yeah, i have to I keep watching and it's like what is, and i mean the fact that people are sending death threats to a kid on the other team that hit travis hunter it was a football play it was dirty sure it happens all the time like relax yeah. you know and the announcers won't stop i mean it's it, it's crazy it was, um, it was, we got to slow down, hit the brakes a little bit on them there. He's already overachieved and what the expectations are, but relax. They haven't played anybody, you know, they play Oregon this week, probably going to get that. The spreads like 21 favorite in favor of Oregon. So we'll see what happens there, but like, yeah, just, I can't believe how much attention they're getting. Oh, and also Alabama's dead. Confirmed. Alabama is dead for sure. Alabama's dead. Uh, see won, but it was not pretty. Um, we might not see him next season. We might, this might be the slow end of, of Nick Saban and that. Oh, and Mel Tucker officially fired, uh, and other college news officially fired from Michigan state. And he is not going down easy. He is going down with the claim of this is not right. This is not just, um, and he's still accusing, uh, that everything was consensual and that he's basically that this is an out for Michigan state. So they yeah. don't have to well, pay him. Should have, should have been fired regardless though. Regardless. Fact, yeah. That, yeah. It was, I a, mean, it was stupid, a... but you can also be both. You can be stupid and also be the victim of the situation. And as more information comes out, that's kind of my opinion of where this is going is I think that he may be a victim, but also a very stupid victim that to even right. be put in that position. But again, we don't know enough of the facts yet to conclude as to what actually happened. And so that investigation, I'm very interested to see as that continues um yeah, pretty pretty quiet week for college football pretty quiet now. week yeah. besides that um but yeah i mean colorado's i also will say too that friday episode of of pat mcafee was maybe i've been watching pat mcafee for like four years that was maybe my favorite episode ever that he's done because he had the rock on he had aaron Rodgers on he had Dion on like it was that episode was absolutely electric. So worth worth catching a replay of if, you, if you're a fan of his show and you uh, you, um you know, didn't get around to watching that one. But um yeah, I guess we'll uh, we'll hop into this past week. Kind of mm. talk about. So, yeah. So first thing that jumps out 
Uh, Mark and I have not been great on our best bets. They might, you know, be rebranded as worst bets. Um, nah. for, for this past week, they're pretty we'll brutal. Turn, we'll, we'll get those turned around. We'll get it turned around. But yeah, uh, really, really bad against the spread, both Mark and I. So, um, you know, so far in the season, we both have two correct picks and a whole lot of incorrect picks. But hopping into Vikings Eagles, um, that game was, I, I guess, interesting is the only way to put it. I mean, even though the, the score was relatively close, I thought the Eagles just dunked on the Vikings basically that entire game. And then just, you know, every once in a while, the Vikings would just have like a, a long play that, that worked in their favor. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, too, there was five or six turnovers over the course of the game. It might yeah, it was ugly, that. man. A lot of fumbles. Yeah. Um, you hate to see Justin Jefferson catching the ball to go in to score at the end of the half to make it a, a close game. And they ruled a touchback. He ball comes out of his hands before he crosses the pylon. That is, in my opinion, one of the toughest rules in football because they always teach you don't extend it. You know, don't right. go for the pylon unless it's absolutely last play of the game or fourth down. And uh, he catches this ball and everyone thinks he's going to score. And at first glance, it looked like he did score. Yeah. And you go, you go from having the ball on the one yard line or a touchdown to you're kicking off with zero points to, yeah, the, to the opposing team. It it's sucks. Insane. It is an absolutely insane rule. I mean, it's tough to figure solutions out. And I've seen a couple like decent ones get mentioned, but not, it's like you did have a turnover. It did end up in the other team's end zone, but the part that pisses me off about it is the other team did nothing to earn that, uh, yeah. that position. It's not so much. I don't think the, the team that has possession deserves to get the ball taken away as much as it is, I don't think the other team earned anything it's to tough. get the ball taken away. I think the, the best solution is to, you know, maybe have it be an extra loss of downs and the the uh, the balls put on the spot of of where it was fumbled. So that would be one yard yeah. line. It's been know. it's a rule that's been you know it's been a part of the uh, of the football rules for a long time. So I don't expect it to change anytime soon. It, it just will. sucks to see and it swings games. I mean, you saw like the Vikings were going to be and still ended up losing this game by one score. Um, with how the Eagles were running the ball, it honestly kudos to the Vikings for even being in this game in Philly and their home opener because the Vikings uh, have no run game whatsoever. And the Eagles have holes the size of trucks that Deandre Swift is running through. And what a, what a cool game for him to uh, step up and showcase what he's able to do. Detroit fans, obviously still, you know, happy for him, see what he's doing um, in Philly, but that's what we always knew he could do. And he, and he, flash signs of doing that in Detroit for yeah. many, many of the seasons he was there. Um, now he just has a great offensive line and a coach that says, we're going to run the ball until you stop it. And the Vikings were not physically able to stop them. And he had a day. Yeah. I'm no, I'm super happy for him. I'm not like, you know, I, I think some people kind of made it, you know, weird about the lions, you know, deciding to send them somewhere else and stuff like that. I, as a Lions fan, I remember exactly what you said, is there's all these flashes of potential, but most of the time that I watched DeAndre Swift, I failed to see him execute. And I, I thought Ben Johnson was scheming to Swift's strengths as a running back and still was kind of unable to execute on a lot of the play designs. And that, in in essence, is the reason why Swift is no longer with the Lions. And very similar play designs, very similar scheme. Um, and yet Swift was able to, you know, chunk out whatever it was, 170 yards or, you know, just an absolute career game. So I'm happy for him. I'm happy he's with the Eagles and, uh, you know, hopefully 
um, he can stay healthy and and uh, continue to to ride that wave of success. Um, for John, I have season. a question yeah. for you and for all Detroit fans. Um, am I the only one that watches the Lions play and the Eagles play in these first two games, and just I can't stop thinking about if Jalen Carter was taken? Yeah, it's. Because you it's can imagine what our what how that changes our. You've seen how he's dominating in Philly, and it's and such a need, right? And that's such big, a demanding need. What I'm and like, did we really with, need Gibbs and Campbell? Like, did we really need that? That's what, what I'm thinking, like right now. What I'm struggling with is, well, two things, right? The Lions' culture and Brad Holmes's draft philosophy. And there's two points that that you know I want to say with that one culture, right? Simply put, the Lions do not draft guys or pick up free agents that they don't feel fit their culture. And I, for almost no reason, feel like I have any room to argue against that because I think for a large a large reason why the Lions are successful is because of their adherence to that. Second thing is that Holmes said explicitly multiple times that he drafts who he feel like are the best football players and he doesn't care about what the Lions depth chart currently is because it could look totally different two years from now. And our secondary is actually a great example of that, right? He didn't try to fix our secondary through the draft. He just went out and signed free agents that he thought were a good fit. I could honestly, like a year from now, right? If none of the guys on you know this upcoming draft class feel like the right fit from an interior defensive line perspective, I could very much see him going and pursuing a Chris Jones or something like that, right? And and being willing to to maybe sign him to that big money. I don't know for sure, but I I do have that thought cross my mind every once in a while. But at the same time, I I also know that you know for us to judge the things that Brad Holmes has done building this team is to say that he hasn't done a good job of that, and I think he's done a phenomenal job of that and so i think okay well th- what the hell do i know versus what he knows i mean in my um, opinion so. is you, you can do a good job and still make mistakes and i think that he's done a great job but man watching what we lack right now and how close we are to being where we want to be and understanding what was on the board that we just chose to pass on chose to let you know to pass on and watching us struggle to get pressure against a depleted Seattle offensive line and just imagining what that would have looked like with Hutch and Jalen Hutch and Jalen Carter. Um, yeah, it kind of hurts. I do. It's, it's the biggest need on our defense at this moment is something, someone to draw attention away from Aiden Hutchinson. And there was at least somewhat of a balancing factor with the fact that James Houston was on the field, but he isn't anymore probably for the next six to eight weeks. And so Hutchinson's out there alone on an Island and, Man, those conversations are probably going to get louder as the weeks go on about, um, you know, our defensive line moves. And so whether or not Brad Holmes makes some calls or what, I'm not sure. But we still have a lot of money to use. So a lot of money and a lot of draft capital still, too. So I don't don't know what the plan is, but yeah, I digress. Um, Chargers at Titans. This game was wild. It kind of looked like it was the Chargers game to lose the entire game. And then sure enough, they they found a way to. They charged, they chargered it, man. They chargered the hell out of this game. Um, and I still haven't really figured out what the Titans are. Are they an incredible defense with just a mediocre offense, which is what they've kind of always been anyways, or are they just getting lucky at this point? Um, you know, is the chargers offense really as good as we think it is? I'd like to think so. 
So I'm not sure. Weird game. Um, and as I already kind of said about Brandon Staley, right? Chargers are 0-2. And, man, both these teams, the Vikings and the Chargers, are going to be fighting for their lives next week. Um, so uh, that's, to me, must-watch football because, again, your your playoff odds tank if you are 0-3. Um, so it's, it's a- Yeah, I... I don't know what to say about the, the the Titans are a hard team to read and it seems like they always are. I mm-hmm. I did think it was pretty cool Ryan Tannehill scored on a, like a true triple option play. I don't know if you saw that. I did little see veer, that little veer action. Yep, um, that was cool to see teams uh, doing that in the NFL and having success with it. it seems like we've seen that a couple times with teams, um, but I don't know, man. I mean, the Chargers have to figure it out now or never. Like you said, definitely uh, some questions with with Staley. He's definitely on the hot seat. Um, but the Titans don't look great either, and they kind of survived and somehow pulled that one out. Um, but it's a tough game to decide whether one team's better than the other or one team's bad, one team's good. Like the, I, I just think both teams have major issues that they have to try to fix in order to be anybody functional. Yeah, 100%. Um, Bears at Tampa. Simple, 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 simple thing here. Baker Mayfield. Um, is all the way back. I'm going to say something and this will probably be clipped because it's clippable. Um, Baker Mayfield as a Cleveland Brown, as a number one overall draft pick came in and did the unthinkable in Cleveland, something that had not been done in many, 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 many years. He came in and turned that franchise around and won a playoff game and almost beat Kansas city at Arrowhead as a number one draft pick with the Browns. He then gets injured and his performance definitely drops down and he has some rough, some rough games. And they say, well, you know what? We're just going to pass on you and we're going to go pay Deshaun Watson a shit ton of money. And we're going to just ship you off and maybe end your career. And this guy could have easily just failed and been taking his draft money and kind of rode off into the sunset with it. He fights like hell with the Rams gets an opportunity with Stafford out wins a huge primetime game in, in tremendous fashion goes to the bucks competes with a young, hungry Kyle Trask, all camp. People are hating on him, hating on him, hating on him the last two seasons. And what does he do? He earns a starting job and he starts with the bucks who nobody expected to be, but they are two and oh, can we give this guy a little bit of credit? For real. I mean, seriously, can we well like, said. Because he has been just destroyed, destroyed, destroyed. This guy's done more as a starting quarterback than a lot of the guys we've been talking about. And that includes Herbert. Okay. That includes some of these guys we've mentioned uh, with crazy talent. Um, this guy won a playoff game already with the Browns. He got done dirty, and that was no secret. And a lot of people, I think, were very excited to kind of drag his name through the mud um, because of that. But Dude can play I mean, football. Dude is this a throw, great leader. This throw yeah. that you're showing right now, John, is ridiculous, man. And it, yeah. and this, if any other quarterback does this, you wouldn't be hearing from it from this podcast. You would have heard it on ESPN and on Pat McAfee and on all that stuff way before you heard it here. But no one's talking about this stuff because it's Baker Mayfield. Yeah, and, and look, he's he's a leader and he's finding ways to win football games. And I think his career is far from over, frankly. And I think that he. Look, the NFL is a business. It's a brutal, brutal, brutal business. But he got, you know, probably the the shittiest, you know, treatment that I've seen any really like high caliber, you know, first round quarterback get. Um, and 
like you said, Mark, instead of, uh, you know, being down in the dumps and kind of riding off the, the sunset, he's clawed his way back to a starting situation and is doing everything in his power to, to not take it for granted. And I mean, so no one expected them to be serious this year. Sh- no one shout out thought, Baker. Mayfield. Everyone thought that they would struggle. <laughs> um, and also Justin Fields. Yikes. Big yikes in Chicago. <laughs> Most Chicago fans uh, after week one were concerned. And if you weren't concerned after week one, you're definitely are now. He might not be the guy. And you might have missed up on a huge opportunity to get Stroud, Young, Richardson, Levis. I mean, there was some quarterbacks that were talked about in this draft and maybe being guys that could turn around a franchise, whether you agree or not. Well, a lot of people they might be in the Caleb Williams, uh, you know. They very well might be. Um, <laughs> but gosh, man, like it, it is he's bad. He he was really bad in these first two games. And it seems like if he's not running the ball. And like making plays, like extending the like he's not good, which is some of the problems that he had at Ohio State, which Ohio State quarterbacks right now in the NFL, I don't think any of them have won a game. Yeah, it's it's not a good look at the moment. Um, so and that includes Burrow. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, and he, he's got he's got some rough injury issues that we'll talk about when we get to them, but um, which I think is just bad. I guess, injury management, if you want to call it that. And look, I love the fact that we have a bunch of NFL quarterbacks at at the top level that are basically willing to lay down their lives for winning football games. Your Josh Allen's, your Joe Burrows, um, you know, Mahomes. two seasons ago, Mahomes, Mahomes play through anything. Mahomes, two seasons ago, it was Baker Mayfield. But the point I'm trying to make is, unless it is the Super Bowl, like it is was for Mahomes or whatever, it is to your team's detriment long-term detriment if you are not healthy so instead of rushing back in you should probably just chill out make sure you're healthy and get back in the game because now instead of being zero and two and joe burrow is coming back healthy for week three they're zero and two and joe burrow might miss more time or be continued to be hobbled for the next you know several weeks so something to be uh, uh cognizant of um green bay at the falcons this was a weird game i have to applaud green bay's effort um, but the Falcons just played a, a better, prettier football game, honestly. And I think that's what it was. I, I don't even know if they were the better team versus Green Bay, but I think that they went and did what, you know, we have been kind of saying over and over again, week over week, we expect the Falcons to do, which is just go out and try to dominate in the run game. And that's basically how they won this game. So, um, look, Jordan Love is having his flashes, though, and he's having his flashes without a good chunk of offensive weapons. He missed Aaron Jones, missed Watson. I think Bakhtiari didn't end up playing this game either. So, you know, um, Green Bay, I think there's optimism, but uh, this one slipped away from you. The Packers are better than people expected coming in for sure. Jordan Love's playing better than anyone expected. Jaden Reed's a stud. I called that in the draft analysis. You can go back and look at those if you don't believe me. Um, The Packers are for real. Atlanta's for real. That's what I took from this game. Um, The better team that day won. This game is in Atlanta. It's a tough place to play. Bijan Robinson is a total alien, freak of nature. He's going to be on the alien plays of the week, two straight weeks. That's going to be coming soon once uh, freaking NFL Plus puts up their all 22 film. I can get that. 24 hours, my ass, NFL Yeah, Plus. 24 to 48 hours is is their their it's been it's been 48 hours okay and i am uh, I'm i trying continue to, get the to be an nfl together. plus hater um on the on the surface great product uh when you actually use it it is like the most unusable thing that fails to deliver what is promised yeah figure it out figure it out what are we paying for we want to see the all 22 film before next week starts that'd be great um 
But anyways, yeah, he's a freak. He's going to be on there two weeks in a row, first two weeks, first two NFL games. He's a freak. Um, but yeah, I think Atlanta's legit. I think Atlanta's legit. I think that uh, they are the favorites, in my opinion, to win their division. And I know that pains you to hear as a Saints person. It doesn't but, pain me. I just disagree. But okay. they, they look good, man. Uh, they really do. So Colts, Texans. Anthony Richardson looked good again. Until he got I, a concussion. And he did get a concussion. He was running wild. They definitely let him loose a little bit. Uh, but that's with risk because he slammed his head into the ground pretty aggressively on that second touchdown run. And that now cost him. And I don't know if he's going to play this week, but he sure as hell couldn't finish the game. Gardner Minshew came in, did fine. Um, Colts somehow got a win. I mean, it's pretty tough for the Texans to lose this game at home to the Colts who are also kind of one of those inferior teams in the league. I think most people agree and to lose it by 11 points yikes you know not great i thought i thought the texans would play a lot better so that's concerning like they still have a lot to figure out but um i think everybody should probably look to judge the texans and what they could become under Demico ryan's after week nine i mean they're so young they have a rookie head coach still trying to figure it out like you know it's gonna take Stroud did lead the nfl in passing yards this week and I was so. going to say just that is I'm I think CJ Stroud uh, with a not so great offensive line and a healthy that offensive line is actually one of the better ones, but they have no zero zero projected starters actually starting for them because of injuries and, and other issues. So, um, you know, when, when you're a rookie quarterback, man, not having protection while you're trying to learn NFL game speed, very difficult. Um, I think so far he looks the best out of all the rookie quarterbacks that are that are getting uh, reps right now. So um, Seahawks, Lions, we already covered. Um, Baltimore at Bengals. Um, and look, man, Ravens uh, continue to show that they just are good at winning football games regardless of, of whatever injury issues they run into, uh, whatever hiccups they find in the game. I mean, and honestly, Lamar – had a pretty good day passing too. Um, and I think that that should not be uh, disregarded because there's a lot of Lamar haters out there. I co-host a show with one of them that say that he doesn't know how to throw the football. Um, I think he did a fine job. I don't have a stat line in front of me, but um, just, you know, watching that game, I think he, he's, he did solid. And also say flowers man is going to be, uh, this game was a little bit more quiet than his first game, but like that dude is going to be wide receiver one in Baltimore for years he looks he looks like a professional already and uh it gives me kind of a mon Ra vibes where it's just like middle of the field he's gonna catch everything that comes his way um probably you know welcome relief for mark andrews who's kind of been putting the entire passing game on his back for the past two and a half three years at this point helps you have a better play caller there as well they're two and oh um they haven't looked great in either game but they're two and oh and they'll continue to get better, and that's all you can ask. It's better to be 2-0 and and try to improve than to be Cincinnati and be 0-2 and and trying to improve. Um, it's a big win, too, for them in division, obviously, with Cincinnati now dropping 0-2 with Burrow having injury issues. It's a big win for Baltimore. Um, I mean, do you do, – I'm, I'm trying to think of and, – and you've already kind of hit the panic button on, like, the Chargers and – do you hit the panic button if you're Cincinnati? Like, when do you do that? Because so usually no, because Cincinnati has started cold 
every single season that Joe Burrow has been their quarterback. The problem this time around is Joe Burrow's not healthy. And so they're not just starting cold. They are starting cold and their star franchise quarterback is battling injury still. And, and like you said, like I already hit the panic button, man, I, I don't know what to make of them. Uh, similar vibes as the chargers where they can go in a hot streak and claw their way all the way back. If, you know, if the opportunity presents itself for them to do so, but you can't do that if Joe Burrow is battling injury. So um, we'll see how bad this calf seems to kind of linger for him. But if he can't get that resolved and start playing to, you know, the form that we know Joe Cool, Joe Shiesty is able to play to, it could present a pretty major problem. So that's kind of my take on it. Yeah. Um, Bills obviously were a little bit pissed off about that Jets game and they took it out on the Raiders. Um, yeah, that's a bounce back game if I've ever seen one. Josh Allen, bounce back game. Uh, I want to read this stat, John, um, because this is concerning for Josh Jacobs and the Raiders. Now, listen, they're one and one, right? No need to panic. Jimmy G has looked better than people thought. The Raiders, I think, overall look better than people think they were going to look. But this is concerning. Josh Jacobs rushing yards gained on his last 28 carries this season. Minus four, minus three, minus three, minus one, zero, 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 one, 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 two, 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 three, three, four, four, five, six, six, and seven yards. On his last 28 carries, he has not had a carry more than seven yards. And he's actually lost yards or gotten zero or one yard more than he's gotten more than that. And this should so, tell you not that Josh Jacobs sucks, but that no, because he does not suck. But sucks. He, <laughs> it's tough to run when there's absolutely nowhere to go, and that's a major problem. And a team like the Raiders needs to be able to run the ball to be in any game, especially with their schedule. So they got to figure that out. Yeah, they got to figure it out quick. Um, you know, and to add insult to injury, which not that the Raiders the Raiders are ever good at drafting, but uh, Tyree Wilson. Uh, has zero pressures on the season. He is so far, look, he's a rookie. They knew he was more of the project edge rusher. You're drafting him for his athletic ability, not necessarily what his college career said he did. Um, but, you know, so far not developing. Uh, it's worth keeping an eye on, right? Because they're probably going to move off of what uh, uh, Jones isn't, isn't there anyway still, right? He's dealing with, you know, whatever mental health issues it seems like he's dealing with. Um, Crosby's getting older. So, you know, somebody's got to kind of, you know, rise to the occasion because those are big shoes to fill. Um, so far, he has not kind of accomplished that. But again, he's a rookie. He's two weeks in. Don't want to, you know, sound the alarm just yet. But he was drafted very high. Um, so worth keeping an eye on. Speaking of bounce back, John, the Chiefs, uh, in not as exciting fashion, bounced back with a win. They lost, obviously, their home opener, their ring ceremony game, their banner game against Detroit, but they went into Jacksonville and played a very good Jags team tough. Kelsey made his return kind of quiet, still scored a touchdown. Crazy to say it's a quiet game, but he still scored a touchdown. <laughs> uh, Mahomes did not look great by any means, but this Chiefs defense looked a lot better. Chris Jones being back obviously changes what they do, changes their identity. Trevor Lawrence, uh, you know, expected more out of him for sure. It's a tough, tough defense, but I just thought Jacksonville would at least make this more of a game. They're horrible. Uh, but this, the is a, this is this is they're they that struggle was, in the red zone, but yeah. this is a tough this is a tough game, no doubt about it. But this is a good win for the Chiefs, kind of a must win for the Chiefs. Honestly, I mean, obviously they're the defending champs, but going zero two to start would have been unfamiliar territory for them. 
and you never know how they're going to respond to that. So it was yeah. Mahomes' birthday. I should have known that. Probably shouldn't put the Jags in my best bets if I had known that ahead of the time. <laughs> um, He's not losing football games on his birthday. I mean, he doesn't lose football games, period, on like every other day of the year, but especially on his birthday, probably not going to lose. So, sorry. Yeah. Um, a- and, yeah, I mean, look, I think the, the Jags still did not play a horrible game by any means, but um, as you said, I, I think uh, – I think that they did not live up to standard. And like I said, prim- primarily because of, of red zone efficiency was really bad. Um, the first half of this game was like, it was something stupid, like turnover, 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 field goal, punt, 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 punt. Like that's what the first half of this game was. So sorry if you were there watching it, because that sounds brutal. Um, it's, it's at least the, the Niners, second half. The Niners right. still own the Rams, John. The Niners yep, that still is own the nine Rams. straight regular season wins for the Niners over the Rams. And Rams fans will say that they won the one that matters, which was the uh going NFC, into the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, the NFC championship game got to go into the into the Super Bowl and all that. But let's not forget that a dropped interception that Matt Stafford should have thrown would have sent the 49ers back again. Um, but here's a crazy thing about this game. The Rams kicked a field goal. Now, notice what that spread number is. It's an eight. The Rams decided down 10 points to kick a field goal as time expired instead of trying to go and score or just take a knee. And let's just say Vegas and betters had a problem with that. And Sean McVay addressed and said, as if I knew anything about the spread or anything like that. Conspiracy. Why the hell else would you be kicking a field goal in that situation? Like you're not winning the game. The field goal doesn't, it doesn't make it any, doesn't make you feel better that you kicked a field goal as time expires. Very, very interesting there. You don't see that happen too often. That was a killer. If you had, I also want to pull up a picture of this game. Um, It's a lot of red in the stands. A whole lot of red. It's basically a home field advantage for, for the Niners when they, when they play at SoFi. Um, there's more Niners fans in the stand. Objectively, there are more Niners fans in the stands than there were, you know, LA Rams. I mean, fans. are there even Rams fans? Um, yeah, in you know, St. Louis. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say that's. I think that's where you're getting the most Rams fans. Still, one of the weirder moves. I don't understand honestly why California should have as many football teams as they do. Um, I think if anybody were to have, you know essentially you know three football teams it should be texas um well they have they have two they have two but i'm just saying like texas is way more pro football state than than california is and so i feel like if any state were to have three franchises it should be texas florida does i guess so that kind of you know but i don't think florida's as pro football as texas is so i don't know florida's pretty pro football man they they are but um I don't know. For some reason, there's like political undertones to this as if like Republicans like football more. But I don't know if that's accurate. I think it's I think it's like America loves it might be. But I just think America America loves football. football, America loves football. There is is Um, no political in California uh, is anti-America, if we're being honest. Um, (laughs) That's true. The Giants pulled one out against the winless Cardinals. Did you watch the first half of this game? Listen, John, I said (laughs) in the last episode who is the head coach of the Cardinals and how did he play against the Giants the previous year? Right. What did I say? And what happened? They came out, they moved the ball, they were on the Giants' ass early and often, and somehow the Giants came back and survived this game, probably because the Cardinals want to lose. So 
they're totally in on this whole Caleb Williams show. And the Cardinals logo looks more and more like the Angry Birds logo each week. That was a conversation topic that I wanted to bring up. Which bird team logo looks the most Angry Bird team logo? Because to me, it's a tie between the Cardinals and the Seahawks. I don't, I don't know which one. I mean, the Ravens. The Cardinals though, is literally red, dude. It's the main Angry Bird. Like, yeah, but the, it doesn't cover like, Angry Bird. Like, okay, but which one are you like launching in a slingshot? You know, I feel I'm like la- the, if I'm launching any bird in a slingshot, it's probably the Eagles. Okay, but the Eagles don't deserve to be in this conversation because they were in the Super Bowl last year and they're good. I'm talking about. I, I'm saying purely on logo, logo vibes. I don't care about the team. I don't care about what what they look like from that perspective. I care exclusively. You're given a slingshot and you got to go shoot some pigs. Which bird? Can, I, can I use the bills logo, even though it's not a bird that, that looks like that's ready to, to it's literally it got a line and it basically is an arrow. Um, <laughs> no dude, listen, this is the dumbest argument of all time. The Cardinals logo is the angry birds logo. Like it is looking more and more like the angry birds logo. Their new uniforms are weak. Uh, they're literally tanking. They're they're underdogs in every game of the season, and yeah. we are gonna be. Hey, have the Cardinals won this week? No. Okay, cool. Topic complete. And by the end of this year, it's literally I think on their helmets. They're just gonna put that that Angry Bird logo. You know, it's Angry Bird. What movie. of? I think I did. I do not care to watch. You couldn't pay me to watch that. Come on. Think. What have you seen it? Yeah. And I assume it was horrible. I think it's decent. <laughs> yeah, the, it's decent. It's decent. You had to. Decent. You had to, you had to John, that it's one not out. bad. It's not bad. Okay, for sure. Um, the game was sick. So what? What happens to Kyler Murray when they inevitably draft a quarterback? I don't, I don't know what the hell's going on in Arizona, dude. To be honest with you, the guy. I don't know if he's going to come back this year. Why would he? If I'm him, I'm going to like injure something make, else yeah, yeah make, make sure, sure i'm healthy make for... sure make sure i'm healthy for the real return and honestly if you're the cardinals you don't want to put kyler murray back on the field because there's a high chance that that will ruin his trade value because he's gonna stink it up yeah so i think there's a lot of people including myself that still kind of believe in kyler murray in the right situation this ain't the right situation don't put him back on the field lose every game go get caleb williams trade kyler murray for incredible trade value and restart and rebrand your franchise with someone that might be taller than five foot seven. It's crazy to think how much draft capital they're going to have in the next two seasons, basically. If that's yeah, how that it's going to be a completely new, uh, completely new deal. Um, but hey, shots down the field, love it. Pew, 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 pew. Um, Jets at Cowboys. I guess I I got the the idea wrong that the Jets defense was going to play ball the same way that the Cowboys defense did. Um, look, it pains me to say this, but I can't argue with numbers and stats. Um, the Cowboys do legitimately look the best. Are they the best team in the NFL? They, you could them make... or the Niners right now. I think, well, I mean, if we were going to talk about comparing those two teams, you could probably make the argument that Dallas is better. I think they're I think... beating them in almost every category. I would lean a little bit in favor of the Niners offensively, but Dallas's offense, I would say, is overperforming expectations. But then Dallas's defense 
is like the most disgusting defense we've seen in years. And that is not an exaggeration. They they're, are they're... destroying teams. What do you think is going to happen when you have Trayvon Diggs, you add Gilmore to that secondary, you have guys <laughs> like Micah Parsons attacking the quarterback with help around him, and you have one of the best defensive coordinators in the NFL, Dan Quinn, and then you have an offense where, listen, Dak Prescott showed up against one of the best defenses in the league, barring Zach Wilson, barring Aaron Rodgers, and everything that's happening with the Jets offensively. Their defense, legit, Super Bowl-level defense. No one will argue that. And Dak Prescott dropped 30 on them. Yeah. it's. Okay? Uh... Let's be perfectly clear that that guy and all the stuff that he said about, I'm not going to throw as many picks, and I'm not, you know, I'm, this is a bounce-back year for me. And he's definitely taken that, and he's and he's wearing it, and it is what it is. He's showing it, and he's proving himself again as to why he got the money, as to why he's the, the, the face of the biggest franchise in sports. And, yeah. and I don't want to get too excited just yet for the one reason of I'm used to seeing this. And then by like week 12 or 13, things just tend to take a turn for the worse for this team. What? All their weaknesses start to show up. My problem is, is that I don't know what weakness to point to right now. Their, there offensive, isn't a weakness line, yet. their offensive line looks stellar. Their receiving core is amazing. Their run game is fantastic. And again, it hurts me to say this. We, For those that don't watch the podcast, me and Mark hate the Cowboys. John, let me ask you this. What better defense will Dak face this year? I I couldn't tell you. I don't even know what their schedule looks like, but I think the Jets was, I mean, unless they, the 49ers are on the regular season schedule. But I think the Jets' the defense is probably better than better the 49ers than the overall. Yeah. So it's like, you. I mean, and again, 30 points. They covered nine and a half in the NFL. No joke. With ease. No joke whatsoever. They're for real, and I hate I hate saying that, but the Dallas Cowboys, they say it every year. It might actually be their year. Yeah, I might, I I might be eating my shoe on a couple. We things. might have yeah. to delete this podcast if they win the Super Bowl because <laughs> I can't. I can't. Come we have on slandered here the shit talk out about of the them Cowboys. winning the Super Bowl. I can't. <laughs> Cowboys fans hate us. Yeah, they do. Go on our TikTok if you don't believe They don't that. like us very much, but Eddie. we're going to have some sweet merch from eventually, and I hope they still buy it because it'll be, it's going to be cool. Yeah. Um, Commanders at Denver, another weird-ass game. So this is the first time that Sean Payton has blown a lead of more than two touchdowns in his career. He was like something like 70-0 and 0 when leading by more than two touchdowns. You know how that career. happens, John? Russell Wilson. I do. I don't think Russell Wilson is to blame for this loss. I don't. And honestly, if that means I have to blame Sean Payton for that, then that's what I have to do because Wilson 70 and O. And then when he has Russell Wilson as quarterback, 70 and one, I just think Denver's cursed. Honestly, Denver gives me like 2010 Detroit lions vibes right now where it's like their roster is actually pretty decent and they are horrible. They are so bad. John, they lost at home to the Commanders. The Commanders are 2-0. and Sam Howell, to your credit, you said some crazy shit saying, even trying to put him and Patrick Mahomes in the same sentence, let alone the same paragraph, let alone the same book, okay? <laughs> and this dude comes out, and he's making throws that Patrick Mahomes makes. And he, he went into Denver and beat a good defense. You know, yes. you can say what you want about Denver overall. That defense is legit. Um, I don't. I don't know what to say. Like, are the Commanders 
for real, or are they a lucky two and O team? Mm, and I is think... Denver as bad as we think? Because they're zero two, and their their schedule doesn't get much easier than the Commanders. At home. I think that they have had a mid tier defense for a while. The Commanders have, and they are they have a B enemy offense. And I think that people are not giving the enemy his flowers for being the offensive coordinator of KC. I'm sorry. I don't care if you're the dumbest person on earth. If you sit and talk offense with Andy Reid for years on end, for days and days and days, over and over and over, you're probably going to pick up a few useful tips, useful tools along the way. And so I'm not trying to say Eric Bieniemy is Andy Reid. I am trying to say that he probably learned a couple things from that guy. And I think it's showing up in the commander's offensive scheme. And I think that's making the difference right now. So it's not only just their scheme, John. It's the like... There's, there's, good good football, there's, there's good play calls yeah. and but dude there's plays that sam howell is making that yeah. is not because it's a good play call there's plays he's making that are just flat out alien like yeah his his uh that one touchdown that you sent me a touchdown clip of, which which McLaurin, yeah ridiculous rambling trying to i mean obviously it. the crazy. you know obviously too crazy ending denver russell wilson loves hail mary's completed another one looked like they were going to tie the game and then, of course, had to fail on the two point, man, to fail on the two point. Um, oh, crazy. Man, a lot to a lot to unravel with that game. But Denver is remind me. I'm making a note of it right now to never, ever put Denver in my best bets ever again. Yeah, I don't I don't know what you were thinking. You you told yourself this last year. Yeah, I'm said, literally why do I keep picking right Denver to win? I'm, I'm writing it down this time. Last time I said it and I, then I forgot like an idiot. I'm I can add it to it the down. I can add it to the the ticker right now if you want. You yeah, know what? I got you. I got Do you. it. Um, my mark to take the ACT, and then right my after that, mark to not take Denver in anything! Exclamation point. Save banners back. There you I go. just yeah, I can't ever do it again. I can't. I'm done with Russell Wilson. I I'm actually I actually am weirdly rooting against Sean Payton because of the shit he said about Nathaniel Hackett and the and the Jets, and, and now he's zero and two. Now he's 0-2, who looks like an idiot now. It's exactly what we thought was going to happen. If you didn't come out and win, I can't wait till they play the Jets, too. That game's going to be awesome. It's coming up soon. Um, okay, New England, Miami. Miami played pretty well. I have an overreaction. Play. I have an overreaction. I think Miami currently is the best team in the AFC. Oh. I think that Mike McDaniel's offense with – to a healthy is actually unstoppable. And I think that the Patriots, while offensively aren't that good, they didn't play horrible and defense. They played super good and Miami still won this game. And even though the score, you know, it's a one score game. I think they won it in dominant fashion, even though they didn't play the prettiest game in the world. Okay, John, so let me ask you a question. Let yes. me answer your bold statement with two questions. Okay. Who did Miami play in week one? Um, the Chargers. And what's the Chargers record? Oh, and two. Who did Miami play in week two? The Patriots. What is their record? <laughs> oh, and two. I just wanted to get that out of the way first. Now, I'm not saying the Dolphins aren't good. I think that they beat two teams that are underachieving very, very heavily. Um, I'm very impressed with what Mike McDaniel's doing scheme wise. I think I think right now I don't think there is a better besides you could argue Shanahan offensive scheme guy in the NFL. Um Sorry, I'm just seeing who the Dolphins are playing next week, just so I can. Oh, that, that doesn't tell us anything. Right. That tells uh, us. And what's their record? Oh, and two. Um, <laughs> About so, to be zero and three. <laughs> again, yeah. Miami is doing incredible things on offense. 
the way that he's utilizing his weapons, you just love to see. It's so Shanahan-esque, right? It's the the motions, the unique motion, that cheetah motion, by the way, that where they oh, line man. You've seen you've seen the clips. Everyone's doing it now. Shanahan did it. Copycat. Copy yeah, copycat, copycat league. league. Yeah. Everyone's doing it now. It's so quick. How it, I mean, it's listen. well. First of all, it like basically sets up a pick instantly. And if instantly. it's and by the way, if you're getting you know a pick as Tyree Kill, um, I'm sorry if the DB can't like immediately step lockstep with you. Yeah, you're effed. You can't I mean, do listen, anything dude, about they it. They ran it. They ran it so many goddamn times against New England, and this is the best. Bill Belichick's the best at adjusting probably of all time. And he didn't have an adjustment for it. There was <laughs> nothing that they could do that because if you take away one, you can't take away the other option on that play. And they got very now, creative. They not every team has of that motion. Not every team has Reek and, J- and Jalen Waddle as their receivers. Right. Is the, the caveat to that. But because you do, and because those dudes need the slightest advantage to totally beat their guy. Yeah. They're going to be running that all season. And like you said, I don't know what teams are going to be able to stop it. It's, it's gonna, tough. It's crazy. And, and by the way, it, it works with those guys, but the 49ers did it with Debo and it worked as well. So yeah. it's not like it's just those guys that it's going to work for. Um, I will say this with New England before we overreact. The last time the Patriots were 0-2, do you know what year it was? Tom Brady's first year starting. And what know. happened at the end of that year? Oh, they won a lot of games. And, and maybe what did they Bowl? do at the end of the year? Did they win a Super Bowl that year? They did. So the last <laughs> time they were on two, they won a Super Bowl. So let's relax. New England is still, I think, better I, as as spot. a statistician for my day job. That was like one of the most painful things that I think I've ever heard you say on this podcast. Me, <laughs> Patriots, zero and two. You know what happened last time? Super Bowl. <laughs> Sample size one. Okay, it was the year two thousand one. The Patriots fell to 0-2. They ended up winning the Super Bowl that year. It's the year 2023. They're 0-2. You fill in the equation. You're a math guy. X what? equals Super Bowl. <laughs> okay, here oh, we go. That. All right. Next um, game. Saints cannot play offense is what I'm learning. Are um, you worried? No. And here's Are the what Saints I said? the worst 2-0 team in the league? Shut up. Um. So here's what I have to say about the Saints is that Last year, we were a top five defense in the league, and we could score like literally zero points in offense. Now, we're a top five defense in the league, and we can score some points on offense. And believe it or not, um, the Saints were one game out of making the playoffs the past two years, and that was with scoring basically zero points in offense for those past two years. Now that we're scoring some points, hey, man, we're winning this division. I'm all in. Um, And look, I think... Carr's going to improve. Um, he is very much the same Derek Carr that I remember watching play for the Raiders. Uh, the difference is, is that he has weapons everywhere and a good offensive line and a top five defense. So all he needs to do is his job. And so I like it. I'm, I'm happy with where the Saints are at. Um, they're offensively underwhelming, but that's fine. They don't need to be anything crazy. They just need to, you know, do their job, not turn over the ball not put their defense in shitty situations and they're going to win games. So that's where I'm at with it. They are the NFC version of the Titans and we see the Titans winning games pretty often. Okay. I, you got to answer my question though here. All, I all that was good. No, not are you worried? Uh, are they the worst two and O team? Who you could are you? The commanders are who 2-0. are the two and O teams. Let me see. NFL two and the Ravens teams. are two and O the Eagles are two and O. 
the 49ers are 2 and 0. The Cowboys are 2 and 0. The Dolphins are 2 and 0. And I think that's it. I would say the Commanders. I would say they are the second worst 2 and 0 team. Washington. No, the Falcons. I think when they play the oh, Falcons, shit, they'll I forget about them. Yeah. I you think, think you think they're the you think Atlanta's the worst two and team? Yeah, but that's I mean, that's credit to them though. I still think they're a good team, but I think that they're about to be a two and one team. Like I think that and we'll get into that, but I think that the Lions should fuck we better hope they win that game as Lions fans, man. Um but are we yeah. are you are you uh cool with and happy with two Monday night football games? That kind of throws me off. I think it's yeah. cool. So I um I am very much a logged into my parents on a lot of things and then bought myself NFL Sunday ticket kind of guy and um I'm getting screwed out of that second that is the only game that I don't have coverage for some way or another is that second Monday night game that's airing on ESPN Plus and ABC I think is how they're doing that right Yeah so um yeah that's the one that like there's no abc plus or prime or online thing that i can log into as far as i know if if i'm wrong please let me know in the comments so i can make sure to watch that game but yeah i wasn't happy about it um just because of the fact that i couldn't watch that second game and so i was only like getting clips of brown Steelers while i was watching the saints game uh and this in the same breath um i don't know because monday night football games tend to be not the greatest matchups at least having the option to flip between them is not bad um so i like the staggered start you know because then you don't have like a halftime lull right um i'm pretty upset about the browns because i had them in my best picks my best bets i had them in my primetime bets i was very confident in this bet actually and uh can you just can you read your steelers stat and then you just will tell everybody why i'm upset so so this was their game the Steelers won this game. They are the victor of this game. And yet, they did not snap a single offensive snap inside of the Browns 30. You heard that correctly. They didn't they didn't not just take a snap in the red zone. They didn't take a snap inside of the Browns 30 at any point in the football game and still won it. I've never heard of that in my entire life. Yeah, not good, man. Not good. Uh, <laughs> Nick Chubb, knee exploded. Not good. Not pretty. Um, yeah, not a great night for Browns fans or for people like me who heavily uh, bet on the Browns. Does um, Deshaun Watson suck, by the way? No, no, no. And I, I want to get this clear. I don't think he does. Uh, he was playing fine. The first pick six, not his fault. The receiver should have um, continued to work. It was an option route. A little bit of a miscommunication, not on Deshaun Watson. Um, the face mask penalties on him kind of weird. He had two face masks called on against him. Interesting. Never seen that happen with quarterbacks before. Um, he just he likes also grabbing, uh, he likes you know, grabbing things against. Well, I was gonna say, and he, he grabbed a ref and somehow didn't get ejected for it. He seems to get away with things. He seems like to get that. away with grabbing people yes. a lot of the time, uh, and or having other people grab him. Um, but no, he does not suck to get back on topic here. He does not suck. I think he actually did some impressive things. He made some very impressive throws. Uh, He's going against a very good Steelers team at home. TJ Watt is a freak of nature, dude. I mean, you try playing quarterback with that guy coming after you. Not many guys. He's on pace for 34 sacks. this. Yeah. I think if you say Deshaun Watson sucks and you don't, if you don't see the improvement that Deshaun Watson's already shown in the first two games this year compared to last year as a Brown, you're crazy. 
That's my that's my opinion. I think he's shown improvement. I think he continues to get better. Losing Nick Chubb sucks for him bad because that was like your engine. That was like Mr. Consistent, hand the ball to him, and then it's going to make your life way easier. But uh, their backup came in. Ford came in, and I think he played really well. Had a 70-yard touchdown. That was sweet. Watson unselfishly threw a block on that play on Minko. That's actually the play Minko got hurt on. That was pretty cool as well. You'd love seeing quarterbacks lead block uh, on broken plays. But – uh, you know, he does not suck. Um, Kareem Hunt also is visiting the Browns visiting. today. So um, hasn't happened as far as this episode being recorded, but potentially by the time that it airs tomorrow at 11 o'clock Eastern time, um, it could be likely that Kareem Hunt's back with his familiar team and uh, playing running back for him um, again. So that or they trade for Jonathan Taylor, which I'm sure they're making calls about. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen, though. But, hey, desperate times calls for def- desperate measures. So we'll see. Week All three. Right. Here we go. Time to week turn three. it around, John. Let's time to a, turn it around. Crack my neck here. Let's get a little week three. Let's get this right, man. We okay, got to th- clean our shit up, dude. Thursday night football might be an opportunity for that. I don't know about you, but Giants at the Niners. Niners minus 10, but I like them to cover. Um, and I'm considering best bets here. I'm not sure if I'm going to do it. I, I need to bounce it off of you, kind of get your take on it. Um, on paper, I think the Niners match up so well against this team. Um, I think it's going to be, honestly, the Cowboys versus the Giants all over again. I think the Giants are going to struggle to score, and I think the Giants are going to struggle to defend. So, mm. Yeah, man. I mean, I dude, I I'm not a huge fan of big spreads in the NFL. Spooks me. It spooks me. It spooks me. It spooks me. Even though, at a very high percentage, when a team is favored by by nine and a half or more, they cover like at an alarmingly high rate in the NFL. Um, God damn it! I, don't I just know. convinced I, myself I'm doing it. Was it something I, I said, or was it just, or was it, was it? I just, I just sat there and continued to think about it in my head. I'm just like watching Christian McCaffrey like do, do this to some giant guy, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. My it's school. Thursday night too, so it's a short week. Um, yeah, and know. I don't like Giants coming in with a lack of preparation against this 49ers team. So I'm not gonna put in my best bets, but obviously I'll take the Niners to cover. Okay. God damn it. Um, Bills minus six and a half at the commanders and, you know, in a vacuum prior to the season starting, you might say that you like the bills here. I don't know, man. Commanders are playing decent football. I think this is a great test for them. Test time. This is a great, great test test time. Um, that Uh, being said, I do like the bills and I do like them to cover, but they will not be getting added to my best bets. I like the commanders actually to cover here at home. Six and a half. Josh Allen, we have seen him against very good defenses. For some odd reason, he turns the ball over. And that's the one thing against Washington. You give him life. You give Sam Howell opportunities. You give Eric Biennemi short fields. And they've made things happen so far this year. I'm going to take them to cover. Um, like not it. in my best bets, though. Not in the best bets, though. Sorry, I'm just adjusting camera. Um, Denver at Dolphins. Um, minus six and a half. Like I said, this does not tell us much about the Dolphins and my bold take saying they're, you know, one of the best teams in the league. Um, with that being said, I like them here and at home, I really like them to cover. Um, Sean Payton's about to be 03 for the first time in his life. So that's going to be crazy. John, I'm going to do something. What's up? 
No, you're not. No, you're fine. <laughs> no, you're not. Dude, there, it's in the ticker now. Hey, this screams fishy. Hungry dogs run faster. Sean Payton's hungry as shit. No. Russell no. Wilson's starving. The Broncos no. cannot fall to 0-3. No, that's the why. Dolphins why can't are they? Full, they're full, full. They're happy. They're satisfied. They're two and zero. They've played two not so great teams. The Broncos are also not a great team, but this screams Broncos covering six and a half. That's um, what it screams. Drew, when you watch this, I need you to clip it, and I am going to pull this clip up and make Mark watch every single second of it next week, and we can recap how well that drag that into my best bets baby denver cover oh my god i'm gonna throw up all right (laughs) i'm just remembering how mad i got at you last season for doing exactly this i i was like screaming at you one of the weeks i'm like why are you doing this to yourself listen dude i don't know i'm sick i'm sick in the head but i'll tell you this much they it just screams cover dude they might win that game outright. I don't know, but it just screams close game. Okay, okay. The adjustments, um, it's time. Week three adjustments. Miami's offensive scheme worked the first two times. They're going to dial it up and fix what's happening uh, in week three. Whatever. Uh, Colts at Baltimore minus eight. I I like Baltimore to win here. I don't know if I love them to – actually, wait. They're This is highly contingent on whether or not Anthony Richardson is playing – I don't, I don't think, think he is going to play. I don't think he is. So I like I like Baltimore to cover here then too, because I don't see the Colts scoring any significant amount of points with uh, Money Minshew. Um, but that's tough. That's a tough line, honestly. So it's a tough line. Uh, tough, tough line. I think Minshew uh, is going to cover this game. Um, you act like Anthony Richardson's better than Gardner Minshew. I think they're actually probably better with Minshew in they a weird be. way. So I think they Get cover. Money, I think they cover the eight points, but I'm not willing to put that in my best bets. Yeah, sorry, right. Gardner Minshew. Um, okay, Chargers at Vikings. Vikings are a one point favorite at home, and I told Mark, uh, like, I asked if we can do under overs for our best bets. I'm gonna leave it alone because 54 is crazy, but at the same time. Like, I I think this I think like seventy could be the combined score of this game, if not more. Like, I think that neither of these teams are going to know how to play defense against one another. That's my guess. So, um, if you like overs, this might be one to hammer. That being said, just in case I'm wrong, um, because and honestly, I don't think it's uh, I'm wrong because there's going to be a defensive showing. I think it's I'm wrong because the Vikings are going to fumble the ball like four times or something again. So. Right now, I'm going to say Vikings by the smallest margin. I don't know. So they cover the the one? Yeah, but man, I think there's going to be 100 points scored this game, so I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's desperate desperate teams. You said it, both 0-2. I feel like Brandon Staley has to win this game. I mean, like you said, there's a his job's on the line. Get, his job's on the line. So I'm going Chargers best bet. Wow. It's win or go home for them, dude. Like, come on. Literally. 
this might not be a playoff the Vikings, game. The Vikings have game. no run game. None. None. No and run game. Don't seem to be doing great in the turnover department either. So um all right, Pats at Jets. Pats are a two and a half point favorite, which I get it because Zach Wilson, but also I don't get it because divisional matchup and both these teams are really good defenses. Um, Hungry dog. Both of them are, though. I mean, yeah, that's true. You see Aaron Rodgers is aiming at a comeback if they make the playoffs. Yes, which um, the only guy that I know that has done a six-month Achilles um, heel, which he would have to do it even faster than that, uh, was Cam Akers. And so did you hear what he said on the Pat McAfee show is that uh, Dolphins uh, having sex has healing energies attached to it. And uh, Pat and the boys made fun of him a lot for that statement. Um, hey, so, man. Whatever. If, that's if, a there's, if there was a guy, if there was a guy that could recover from an Achilles and get back in time for the playoffs and have probably one of the coolest stories ever, it would be Aaron Rodgers. He's up against it. I'm not counting him out. Absolutely. I'm not counting him out either. No. And with that being said, I'm taking the Patriots. Yeah, I, I'm going to go Patriots here too. Um, not adding them to my best bets, though. I, I have weird feelings both ways about this game. I can't trust the Patriots offense enough yet to put that in my best bets. But I, I do think that they cover. Yeah. Uh, Saints at Packers. Um. Packers, obviously, minus two. Um, favorites at home. This is a good test for the Saints, not because I think the Packers are some top-tier team, but I think that the Packers have actually a, a – they match up pretty well against the Saints here. Um, I'm, I'm going to take Saints getting two. I think they win by a field goal. Hmm. Yeah, at Lambeau. Hmm. At Lambeau. I'm going to take Packers to cover, but can I take the under here as my one of my best bets? Yep. Now I need to figure out how I want to go about doing that. It's just... I guess you could just drag the whole thing and shrink it really small. That's kind of my plan. And then just, put, I guess, put like a U next to it, maybe? Yep. I'll just drag it to the bottom. <laughs> okay, we got we to come up with a different system. Why is this That's locked? No. As long as as long as people know, I don't think we're going to do a ton of over unders. That just screams under to me. I don't I don't think yeah. Jordan Love's going to put up a lot of points against that defense. I don't think Derek Carr and the Saints are built to put up a lot of points. Screams and under. It screams under. Yeah. Oh, same same thing with this this Pats Jets game. By the way, is thirty seven's a, a low it's ass a low number, line. And I for, but... I think this game is going to be like thirteen ten or some bullshit like that. Yeah. So um titans at browns i think this is a great test for the browns to be like a, a what are you kind of game um they are favorited i don't like that i'm i like titans here to cover hmm. i'm going browns best bet browns into mark's best bet i believe in deshaun watson uh and i believe in what the Browns have going on defensively. They are legit defensively. I mean, they, they almost won that game last night and the Steelers had two defensive touchdowns. Like the Browns defense is, I mean, they didn't let the Steelers get inside the 30 yard line, John. It's not like the Titans offense is that much better than Pittsburgh. Just putting that out there. No, they're probably worse, frankly. Um, 
Yeah, and I mean that that pass rush is is no joke for the Browns. Um all right, Falcons at Detroit. Detroit minus three. Um, this is a must-win game for Detroit if you know the hype train wants to keep going. I, I don't care about the injuries. I don't care about the coaching mistakes. If you're a good team, you adjust and you win this game. Um, so not only am I going to take Detroit, but I'm going to take them for my best bets too. I think uh, worst case scenario, they win by a field goal and I push. So I like it. Lions best bet at it. Love the board this week. I love the board this week, boys. I love the board. I love it. There's a lot of good. And here's why. Uh, Desmond Ritter. At Ford Field, tough place to play, tough environment. Coming off of a loss, Detroit's going to be hungry. I know they're banged up, but Detroit stopped the run pretty well against Seattle for the most part throughout that game. Detroit doesn't turn the ball over a lot normally. Goff has been very good about that. Uh, I, I think that the Lions come out firing offensively, and I don't think that Atlanta can keep up passing the ball enough to hang around with Detroit. Yep. Hungry dogs. I think, I think Detroit, like I said, if they, if they want to live up to expectations whatsoever, this is a game that you win. Atlanta being three and O doesn't sound right either. So it doesn't sound right. I agree with that. Um, okay. So Texans have like this little like thing on their logo. I'm just going to crop that out. So it stops bugging me. I thought like my computer screen was scratched last time up. I now took a part of their just I don't even know what me. you're talking about. Just I don't bear see with me. Anything. I don't see anything. Well, now you definitely can't see it. So, um, Texans at Jags minus nine and a half. Um, and yet for some reason, I feel compelled to take that. Uh, Texans are still figuring shit out. They got blown up by the Colts. I think the Jags are a lot better than the Colts. I'm taking Jags, and probably to my own detriment, I'm going to add them to my best bets. Hey. I think they can cover. Yeah, I mean, here's a simple thought. Uh, how much did the Colts beat the Texans by? 11? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure the Jags will win by more than 9.5. I'll take the Jags, but I'm not going to put them in my best bets. I kind of want to do fun things with like the logos now that I'm like dragging them down here. I apologize for everyone that watches this podcast and has to deal with John's like, I don't even know what the word is to describe what he's doing right now, but he's putting like different mascot heads on other logos (laughs) and he probably should be arrested for this. What? I mean, you don't like the, the Bronklins and the Jagloins. (laughs) This guy, I mean, there might be something seriously wrong with John. Um, All right. Honest here. Panthers at Seahawks minus six. Um, based off of how the Seahawks just played the Lions and the fact that they aren't a medical ward like the Lions were, I I like the Seahawks a lot here. Um, my main concern is that uh, Panthers pass rush, really Panthers entire front seven is pretty dang good. Um, but I think Gino and the boys get it done. Um I think I'm gonna leave it off in my best bets though. But yeah, I, like I agree. I agree. I agree with you. Uh I like Seattle. I think that Seattle's for real. I think that first week was kind of a fluke, I'll be honest. Bryce Young, that's a tough place to go play for him. And you're waiting for Bryce Young's coming to moment, right? Of where he shows why he was the first overall pick. Hasn't happened yet. 
It's not going to happen in Seattle. 12th man. I don't think it's going to happen this year, frankly. Um, I think Bryce Young's a a legit quarterback. I don't, I think that it's going to be like a Josh Allen situation where we're really not going to know what that kid is until a couple of years down the line. Um, I'm taking Seattle to cover. Bears at KC minus 12 and a half. Um, Man, what was the Lions line? Wasn't it like four and a half when they played KC? Yeah, so, it started at like seven and a half or six. That's yeah. true. It's just, I mean, that's crazy. Um, I'm not gonna take it here, but man, I I feel really bad for the Bears. Uh, if you're a Bear, actually, I don't because you guys talked so much shit this off season that I could barely handle it. I really don't engage in sports Twitter shit talk that much, and I couldn't avoid it. Like it was just rabid everywhere. If any team in the NFC North said anything positive about their own team, there were Bears fans in the replies talking shit. And I think you just get what you deserve. And I hope that Casey blows you out by two scores. And honestly, this is a spite best bets for me. I don't I don't even know if Casey's going to cover. I don't feel that comp, uh, uh, confident about it. But I, I just kind of made myself mad there. And I want to see the Bears. You got like more sports. mad as you kept talking. I, and it started I, with you saying something nice, and then it just was like, oh, my God, I hate the Bears. I was like, I feel bad for the Bears. Then I was like, wait, no, I don't at all. I hope you suffer, and I hope that KC causes you to suffer. Okay, so that's a 180 from how that conversation started. Um, I'm also going to take the Chiefs to cover, best bet. The Bears stink. Justin Fields stinks. You ever have like a few frustrating, like, I don't know, the Chiefs have had a close game with the Jags and they lost to the Lions. And there's definitely some frustration and some doubt with Kansas City. You know what's the best way to eliminate doubt is beating the shit out of someone that's inferior to you. <laughs> you know, like, and- ah, you know, we probably should have beat the Jags by more. Kelsey was a little still rusty. Mahomes hasn't looked like an MVP. Chris Jones just came back. We lost to the freaking Lions on banner night. Like, I'm so sick of everyone saying the Cowboys are for real. The Niners are for real. You know, it's time that we make a statement about who we are and why we're still the lead contender for the Super Bowl. And I can't think of a better team to do it against than the Bears at Arrowhead. Yeah, I think that's a valid point. Um, And then the (sighs) NFC favorite equivalent. Is Dallas going to be a double digit favorite in every game this year? Perhaps. I mean, they're playing the Cardinals. Don't get too excited, but I mean, they won forty to nothing and then beat the Jets by twenty. And and so I think the reason why the spread isn't even bigger is because they're playing at the Cardinals. But I want everybody to remember that the Cardinals won one singular home game last season. Home field advantage doesn't exist if you're Arizona, dude. Um, when was the last time we saw a week like this where you have the Niners ten point favorites? You have the Jags nine and a half point favorites. You have the Chiefs twelve and a half point favorites. You have the Ravens eight point favorites. You have the Cowboys. I already said Cowboys, right? Twelve point favorites. Yeah. Like when? When was the last time spreads. we saw? When was the last time we saw something like that? Big That's, big spreads. Give me um, give me Dallas minus best twelve bet. best bets. Load them up. I got to get right. Two and five is ugly as shit. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay off of that one, but I I thought about it what do you think is going to happen to Dobbs this week against Micah Parsons and uh, he's going to die and he's their their entire offense is going to probably die so sorry Cardinals um also there were a lot of Cardinal fans that got really mad about our videos and I actually thought we were being pretty fair and unbiased in the offseason towards the Cardinals um hey it is what it is man you guys stink right now 
it's and you have yeah. every right to be angry birds right now but you know listen time will come for you but right now you're gonna get beat by dallas by maybe 30 maybe 40 i don't know it might be worse than the giants game this game have... screams ugly 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 to me oh and by the way buda baker not playing yeah that's that's rough um hold on let's see if this works really quick i'm running out of best bets room uh damn it if the Cardinals lose this game, I'm making this becomes their con- official logo. Yeah, I'm making this logo. All right, I'm putting that next to the Cardinals just so I don't forget. God, dude, you're just you're just asking for it from Cardinals fans. John is on his. <laughs> um, John's being mean to most. Look, these so. just so everybody knows, these Canva graphics are a lot of work. It takes me like a half hour for per episode just for me to put this together. So I'm allowed to screw around on them occasionally and make them more fun. And yeah, Cardinals, if you lose this game, I'm making you an angry bird. Sorry. Um, Steelers, or sorry, I'll be fair. If you fail to cover, I'm making you an angry bird. I think that's that's more fair. Um, I mean, come on, it's 12 points. Yeah, that's uh, you deserve to be an angry bird if you, if you can't cover. Um, Steelers at Raiders. This is an interesting one. I think I lean... Steelers on this, even though Raiders are the favorite. I think Steelers will cover. I think Steelers yeah, might the, win. Even. These two offenses are struggling. I think the Steelers win as well. I don't put this in my best bets, but I am putting the under in my best bet. Can I do that again? Yeah, sure. That was awesome last time I did it. Because here's what I see happening. Josh Jacobs runs for negative yards almost every time he gets the ball. The Steelers have one of the best run defenses, one of the best defenses, period, in the league. Neither team really has a great offense. Um, Sunday night football, you know, I just don't think the fireworks are going to be going off. I think this is a a slow game. I think it's I think it's an under game. Fair. Um, Eagles at Tampa. Eagles are a five point favorite. I thought that was a pretty interesting spread. Um, you know, it's not huge by any means, but with the way Tampa has been playing, I don't think that they're, you know, a shoe in by any means. Um, so I like Tampa to cover here. I don't know if I'll add them to best bets, but I like them to cover. Very rarely, John, when I look at a, uh, a spread and I look at an NFL game or a college game, do I have zero idea what I want to do? And in this game, I have zero idea what I want to do. Because five points is an interesting number. I feel like the Eagles could run the ball all over Tampa. I feel like Baker would struggle against the Eagles' pass rush. But yet, something's just compelling me not to take the Eagles here. So I'm going to take the Eagles minus five. I'm going to take it. I'm going to go against my compulsions here. Best bet or just take no, the Eagles? No, just, just, just okay, take okay. the Eagles. And then um, in tandem... Um, Monday Night Football, we have the Super Bowl rematch of a lifetime, even though Joe Burrow's missing uh, and Cooper Cup's missing. Um, Rams at Bengals. Um, Talk about must win. Bengals are a two-point favorite. I think if they are missing Joe Burrow, I don't agree with that line at all. Um, And so I'm going to assume here that Joe Burrow is not going to play this game, and I think the Bengals are going to fall 0-3. I think the Rams are going to win this game. Hmm. 
Can I, I can think... I add this to my best bet contingent on what I said about Joe Burrow, or do I have to just go and I, I'll adjust the spread even. I'll I'll take whatever the new spread is. Um yeah, I'll allow that. Oh, okay. That's fair. So Rams with with the updated spread. Yep, Rams with the updated spread if Joe Burrow's missing. Correct. And if Joe Burrow and if Joe Burrow plays, then I'm just not adding it to my best bets. Okay. Um I, I think I gotta go Cincinnati with or without Burrow. It's I mean, you have to win this game at home, Monday night football. You're 0 2. You're a Super Bowl contender in most people's eyes. You have a better defense. You have to get Joe Mixon going. You have some of the best receivers in the league. You have to win this game. So I'm taking Cincinnati. And uh, I feel bad for the Jamar Chase picks out there because he's been quiet to start the year, and it sounds like he's not going to have Joe Burrow at full health for a minute. I don't so because I if you listen to our podcast, dummies, I said Jamar Chase shares time with T. Higgins, and he's not going to have as big of a year as people think he's going to have. And you should not be taking him ahead of these other receivers and surely not ahead of McCaffrey and Eckler and all those running backs. Yeah, um, um, that's that's a great point. As we're well. not always right. But most of the time when it comes to fantasy, John and I are pretty no, on point. Where, where are you? I'm in three leagues right now. I am two in and two one, leagues. two and or sorry, not two and one. I'm two and oh, two and oh, one and one in my leagues. Currently. I'm one and one and two and oh. So you did end up joining two. Yeah, I had to do a work league. Had to. That's that's the one that I added on to, and then I wanted to keep my other two that I was doing. So it's all all fun and games. Um all right, so Mark and I at least are both still delivering on our promise to be good at fantasy football as of right now. So Yeah, like and that. listen, our picks will get better. They have to. They, hey, a lot of picks, a lot of picks. Can you go back to our picks really quick? I just want yeah, to count how many, I, how many I have. You I made have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and I made five, but I I tend to lean a little bit more conservative than Mark on, on things, and you know, sometimes that bites me anyways because <laughs> Mark knows ball. So. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I picked Denver. As one of my best. Well, players. that was just. I think you just like to hurt yourself. It's literally in the ticker, dude. That's why I love it even more. That's why I love it even more. Oh man, I I'm looking forward to next week. I I, I feel like there should be a punishment related to this, but you're punishing yourself, so I don't. There's nothing else I can do. Um. Anyways, everybody, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um. I think we you know, do a pretty good job of covering a lot of NFL content in two short hours. Um, and, you know, we put in a lot of very hard work on Sundays to make sure that we at least catch a little bit of every single game at once, just so that we can deliver good content to you guys. So I hope, uh, you know, you guys appreciate that. You can show you appreciate it by joining our Discord, subscribing if you haven't already, commenting, liking, checking out our merch store, um, all of that good stuff. And new merch is coming. I know we've said it like several weeks in a row. We're having some issues with... A couple um, hangups. A couple hangups with some copyright not, stuff and some other copyright stuff. Copyright stuff. And then, uh, you know, the merch company that we wanted to use, or not merch company, our, our partners at Infinity Merch are amazing. The merch, like actual company that makes the, the type of the t-shirt the actual brand yeah. of the hoodies and shirts we were going to use didn't have the color black and didn't have the color beige so yeah. we are going to use a different uh clothing brand and so we're um, pivoting but we're we're really stubborn on wanting it to be very high quality stuff and so 
um, that's where the hangup is. If you want really high quality stuff, stuff that you're proud and happy to be wearing because stuff I hate that it will last. I, yeah, I hate when I get merch and I'm stoked on it and then it's on Gildan because Gildan is horrible. Anybody that's worn a Gildan t-shirt knows exactly what I'm talking about. We are not going to do that to you guys. Let the record show. Um, so anyways, what that means is that we've had to, you know, take a little bit longer to get this together. We appreciate everyone's patience and it will be worth it. I can guarantee that. But so. you've seen the logos and they're sweet and they're coming. They're super sick. So, um, so thanks everybody for watching. We will catch you guys next week. Peace. See you guys.